Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on Reset Forever Ministries. Um, and we're also simultaneously recording this on Reset Forever Ministries podcast. I'm Dr. Valerie Simpson. I'm Elder Daniel Simpson. And we are here to present the Sunday School lesson for this upcoming Sunday, April the 9th, 2023. Um, grab your Bibles and uh, let's take some notes as we're going for your lessons that you will be teaching, if not tomorrow, when the Lord uses you. Um, you'll have some things already in your spirit. So we are in the book of St. John's Gospel, chapter number 20, verses 1 through 10. And also uh, skipping down to verse number 19 and going over to verse number 20. The topic of this week's lesson is so appropriately uh, t- entitled, Risen from the Dead. All right, so at this juncture, I'm going to give the... Uh, I'm going to give the lesson over into the hands of our instructor for tonight, Elder Daniel Simpson. God bless you. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Uh, We want to thank God for this opportunity. Uh, Let's start off with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, yes, we need your Holy Spirit to help us teach this lesson, Lord. We give your Holy Spirit permission to come here and and just give us the richness of your word concerning Jesus' resurrection from the dead. So, Lord, give us a, a ready mind and an open heart to receive and to, as you pour in, we pour out so, so that the body of Christ can be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, Dr. Simpson, we got it again. Here we are. We in lesson number six. Let me read. Are you ready? All right, so numbers, um, number six, I'll say number six, and uh, John 20, and verse number one. It says, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when, she wa- when it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and seeing the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Yes, so what's happening here, Dr. Simpson, is, and uh, I'm going to read one verse from Mark, Mark's, um, chapter 16, verse 1. It's going to show you what Mary was, her, her intent, her purpose for going to Jesus' tomb. Yeah. And it says in Mark chapter 16, verse 1. Okay. It says, And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, as alone, yeah. had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Okay. okay. So, what was the purpose of this? And, and I had to look into a little closely, Dr. Simpson. Okay. And I found out, and you know this, that it was a man in St. Luke, mm-hmm. chapter 23, and verse 50, we'll say 51. Okay. Could you read that? Do you have that still, Dr. Simpson? Luke 50? Yes. I'm sorry, Luke um, 23, 51? Yes. Okay, sure. <clears throat> Okay, and all right, so it's uh, verse number 51 says, The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. Did you want me to read further? Yes. Verse 52 says, This man went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And 53 
says, and he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before had laid. Yeah, so that's one event of it. And another event says that Nicodemus also came and assist in burying Jesus, and he brought a hundred pounds of spice okay. to anoint his body right. for his burial. Mm-hmm. And it also says this in Isaiah. And wasn't this their um, embalming um, format? This was their, their, yeah, this is the way that they preserved the bodies at that particular time. So um, the apothecarians, the ones that would blend the oils and the spices that gave such fragrance because God loves fragrance so much. And they would just rub that onto the body so it would preserve it and it would also uh, give a good fragrance so that people that were mourning would come and they would have that fragrance to comfort them. Yes. And it says in Isaiah 53 and verse 9, I'm reading a New Living Translation, Mm -hmm. but he was buried like a criminal he was put in a rich man's grave. Yes. And this had to, you know, when I look, when I see the boldness of Joseph of Arimathea. Arimathea. Yes. Mm-hmm. Going to punch a pilot and begging for the body of Jesus mm-hmm. because the Sabbath was not. Mm-hmm. And if he would not have done that, Dr. Simpson, that means Jesus' would body would have been hung across that whole day because it's a Sabbath day. Yeah, because we don't know what happened to the bodies of the other two. It's just not mentioned here. But, you know, there is a certain disgrace um, that is associated with leaving the body um, just out there, unattended to, walked away and left in shame. Um, but they went. And, and, and obviously, it wasn't a, a very normal thing or an easy thing, or else they would not have had to beg Pilate for the body. Yes. But the scripture said Joseph, he was, you know, he was a man of honor and wealth. Yeah, yeah. So he, so he had some distinction about himself mm-hmm. when he went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Yeah, this wasn't just um, some vagabond walking up into right. his court yes. and asking, you know, can we get his body? You know, this was a man that was recognized. As a matter of fact, he was a man of the Sanhedrin court. Yes, he was of the Sanhedrin court as well as Nicodemus, Nicodemus. was. Yes. And, and you just read, and in, in also in St. Luke, it says, he did not consent to, to what they was doing to Jesus. Right. And so, and, and as we read it, it's saying that that consenting was like everybody give their opinion or give your vote. vote. Yes. So at least two that we have learned did not give their consent and agree with and just go along with what they were doing to Jesus. One was Joseph of Arimathea, who was mm-hmm. on the Sanhedrin court. And most people know that Nicodemus was on the Sanhedrin court. He didn't consent to it either. Yes. So everybody did not betray him. There were some, and it says that this man, as we read it, and even with his wealth and his notoriety, and he was an accomplished man, and recognized, it said he was waiting for the kingdom of God. Yes. So it's not that, uh, you know, the lowly and the weak mm-hmm. and beggarly are the only ones that are looking for the kingdom. God has some of every level, every nation. He's got a remnant made up of many types of people. And that's what I love about Joseph Artemis. Uh, uh, He's only in the scriptures for a short, you know, a few verses. Mm-hmm. But you can see his boldness to go before Pilate the ruler of, of Jerusalem at that time, mm-hmm. the governor, and 
begged for the body of Jesus and Pilate gave him the body of Jesus mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he took Jesus' body and he prepared it for, and he had to do it in a rush. That's why he couldn't complete uh, the anointing ceremony. Process. Yes. Okay, okay. And this is what Mary Magdalene and some of the other women came with their anointing oil and their spices to finish the process. But when they got there, the scripture says, the stones already moved away. Okay, so moved that away. that part where they were, and they weren't going there expecting any of that. They were going with a mission in their heart. Mm -hmm. And to their uh, surprise and amazement, to their astonishment, this stone, which is huge, it said was stone if that was hewn out, which meant it was cut out of the, the mountain or cut out of this part of the land uh, sometimes it would be down into the ground and sometimes it would be on the side of a mountain, but it was heavy. It was a huge part that would open up a space to put the body into. So it was just too huge, you know, for a couple of people to move. Especially some women. But this Especially would have said, the women. Yes, this would have says in Luke chapter, four, chapter 24, verse 2-6, it says, This is Mary Magdalene and the women that came to anoint Jesus' body. They came and said, and they found the stone rolled away from the, from the tomb. Mm -hmm. They entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Okay. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by in shining garments. Mm -hmm. And as they was afraid and bowed, before, bowed their face to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Mm -hmm. Remember how he spoke? unto you when he was yet in Galilee mm -hmm. and they remember his words and returned from the sepulchre and told all these things unto the eleven and, and to all the rest Okay. it was Mary Magdalene Joanna why yeah. don't you slow down in between some of it because you're saying a lot of things and I think the first part you know they got there and these two men were standing there I think that's a powerful point so when they look in there number one yeah the stone is rolled away and then they look inside and there's two men standing in there now that's huge because um, it tells us in this scripture it was two men right but um, one of the gospels says that they were angels so we see how involved the angels were in the ministry of uh, Christ's earthly ministry, both while he was in the garden. Now we're seeing angels present um, at the empty tomb to minister to those that came and to give them a word. And so God was no respecter person. He gave these women that word and their hearts were full. And they went back and told the other the other. Uh, disciples, what was going on? So you can finish whatever you have because you have more there. Go, go, go verse, go verse two. Okay, so we're going to verse two and said, then she runneth and cometh to Peter. So that's where she ran off. Of course, you know Peter was kind of a spokesperson here and there at times, and and to the other disciple, which we believe is John, and just not mentioning himself, you know make drawing any attention to it. So, so he went to Peter and John and um, uh, who the, it says whom Jesus loved. So we, that's an indication, the one that laid in Jesus's bosom and said unto them, they have taken away the, the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not where they have laid him. So they were, um, they were uh, in astonishment. They were 
hurt and, you know, somewhat, you know, there was a lot of grief going on. They took him and we don't know where he's at. And we came to anoint his body. It was like a crisis for them. Yes. And Luke says like this uh, concerning his, the disciples' response. They said, and their words seemed to them as idle tales. And that was the and worst insult. It was kind of like salt in the wounds, right? Oh my gosh, what are you two talking about? You know, you fickle women. You know, you two, what is wrong with you? This is just, okay. You know, they didn't give any credence to what they were saying. Well, they didn't and know. that showed that because they had that uh, lack of understanding what? and they didn't give any credence to these women, they were missing something that was huge well, they, and that was the resurrection. Well, yes, but they did not know these women was going to go to Jesus' um, tomb. Mm-hmm. They had no idea that these women was going to go there to finish anointing his body. Mm-hmm. And even if they didn't, when they came and told them that, they didn't have to have that response. I mean, they went, they went left on them. You know what, yeah. you two, I don't know what's wrong with you. You just leave it. You know, they didn't take it to heart. But this was... Um, this was a very critical turning point. Um, you know, Jesus gave dignity to women, but he gave them the message to carry back to the disciples. Some people say that they were the first evangelists to come back and report Jesus as the one as as having been moved from the grave. So, uh, you want to go to three? Yes. Okay. It says Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and he's not mentioning himself, and came to the sepulchre. Yes. All right, so now they take off and they run, you know, because obviously with all this going on and the excitement, they probably came to themselves and saw, you know, they're serious and took off and ran and to get to the disciple. And I think that John gets there before Peter and, um, and it says, and Peter uh, went forth and the other disciple came to the sepulcher. Now, verse number four says, so they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter. So, yes. yeah, I guess Peter got a little tired, a little heavy, and, you know, slowed down. But John got there. John was beloved. You know, he probably was moving in adrenaline um, more so and got there first. And he said he came first to the sepulcher. So they went there to validate Mary yeah, Magdalene and the other women's testimony by going to the tomb and examining for themselves. And I think they, they, they had some indication that something really is going on. We better go check it out. And so they did. And so when they got there, it said, and he stooping down, meaning Peter, and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Yes. Okay, so he just looked in there and saw the clothes but didn't go in. That's John. And then Peter came later on. Okay, all right. And, you know, that reminds me of a scripture. And I don't want to get off course. Just, just, But I want to read one out of Hebrews, the okay. first chapter. Okay. Um, I just want to look at, I just want to tie this in to our spirituality um, and how we look at death because we look at it right now as a very unfortunate, devastating loss, gone forever, un, you know, but that's not what we have going on when we're in Christ. It's verse number 12. Okay, verse 11 and 12 of Hebrews 1. You know okay. what I'm talking about. You probably went there. They shall perish, um, uh, but thou remainest, 
and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about the heavens are going to perish. Um, these bodies are going to perish, you know, earth to earth, dust to dust. But in verse number se- verse number 12 in chapter 1 of Hebrews, it says, And as a vesture shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. So it's speaking about when death comes, that body is going to be put away. Just like you put away your seasonal clothes, you fold them up and you put them away because it's it's not the time to wear them. There's going to come a time we're going to shed these bodies. It's just as natural and on course with the will of God as putting away the clothes for the season. Okay, so um, then he didn't go in. He saw the clothes, but he didn't go in. So you want me to read verse number six now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher. So Peter did go in and see the linen clothes lie and the napkin that had been about his head was lying with the linen clothes but wrapped together in a place by itself. So they folded up the napkin for his head and put it right here and then the shroud. Now you've heard about the shroud of Tehran. Okay, just to mention it, uh, it was a, a, a relic that they found, um, and then they, they had it on display in different parts of Europe. But um, they looked at it, it was an authentic piece of fabric from years, ancient years before, and it looked like what used to be those ph- photographic negatives. Those of you that Uh, know what those old pictures look like. When we took pictures with the cameras those days, we would get what were called negatives. And it would be the reverse. So my face would be dark and my hair would be light. That's what, it was negative, it was the reverse. And then we take it to the drugstore and they would develop it and it would come out as a picture. Well, this is what happened. Uh, They had this shroud of Tehran and it had the features, they said, uh, the features of a Jewish man, a middle-aged Jewish man. And it even had on a part of it where there was blood in this fabric. And they even sampled it and said that the blood was authentic. So it is believed that the Shroud of Tehran, I believe God leaves all types of hints and clues and answers for us. But it was believed that that image was taken because of the brightness of his glory. Remember how he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. You know, his clothes began to be illuminated bright. You know, it's the noonday sun. And so we believe it was the brightness of his glory at the time of his uh, resurrection. So that is one another piece of evidence that archaeologists have. And so science will help you to prove the Bible. All right. So it said, um, we read verse number six in the napkin. We read about that. You ready for verse number eight? Or did you have something? No, you may. Then went in also the other disciple, that's John again, which came in, which came first to the sepulcher and he saw and believed. So he didn't believe him either. No. They, I, they said when the, when the women came and told him that he is risen, they 
That's why I read that scripture. To them, it was like idle Idle tales. It was just, oh my <laughs> gosh. What are they babbling about? They're all upset. They're crying. And they're, what? What are you saying? And so they went to, to investigate. And look, you can see. And John, the beloved, he didn't even believe until he walked in. Peter had already went in. And then John finally goes in. Oh, and now he believes. All right, verse number nine. It says, for as yet, they knew not the scripture that he must rise from the dead. But didn't he give them that? Well, this is the scripture he's talking about. It's in Psalms chapter 16, verse 10, 11. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow my holy one to rot in the grave. Probably the New Living Translation. Yeah, because I think it says, King James says, you shall not leave my soul in hell. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow my Holy One to rot in the grave or see corruption. Okay. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. Okay. All right, so they had not known that scripture, but Jesus, I mean, when he said he was going to, that the temple was going to be torn down, raised up three days, they still didn't put two and two together, that it was going to be a resurrection. Um, and even the part where I go away, you know, but I'm going to come again and receive you to myself. He said it in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't put it together. So it said they had not yet known the scripture. Maybe it wasn't that they had not been given uh, information, but you know, sometimes you understand things by and by, and sometimes you don't get an understanding until you've been through something and then it makes sense. So this is what happened here. So he believed. And then in verse number uh, 10, it said, then the disciples went again onto their own home. So they went home after this. And um, I guess they had to begin to uh, reconcile the things that they had heard, the things that they were told. And uh, this still doesn't deal with the road to Emmaus, but um, people were still, you know, Jesus has been crucified and having to come to the point where his tomb is empty. His clothes are there. Um, So they were starting to get the picture, the revelation, and the understanding. Well, what the scripture say? Once John went in there, he believed. Yeah, he realized that Jesus was alive. He that's what believe for him was. The Lord of Glory has been risen. It was facts, Yes. Yes. Hey, praise the Lord, cuz. Eddie Hoke, God bless you, Sharon, and of course, Mother Wilson. Um, listen, they went in, and when he didn't believe until he went in, but he said they went home. So a lot of things were going through their hearts and minds at this juncture. Then it says in verse number 19, so we're dropping to verse number 19 in chapter 20. It says, Then the same day at evening, beginning the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, now you're really going to have an experience. Talk about an epiphany. Um, the, the doors were shut where the, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Came Jesus, stood in the midst, and said unto them, Peace unto you. Yes. Peace be unto you. 
peace be unto you. So they were scared. And, you know, I love the way he shows up um, at, at their harsh moment, at their, they're trembling. They don't know what to do. He's not in the grave. Um, he's, they, we saw him crucified and, you know, what happens from here? And we're, we're afraid because of everything is not, you know, the human part of them, um, not so much their spiritual part was trying to put this all together. And there was fear in it. And Jesus just enters in and shows up for them. You know, we say he always shows up on time. Well, this was a pretty opportune time for him to show himself. So it's beautiful. And so I love the way that I love the way that Jesus showed up. And then, and I'm sure that even the sound, you know how you you wish you could hear the sound of someone's voice that has passed away. You wish you could hear the sound or, you know, get a chance to see them one more time. Well, they had this. And so they saw his face and I'm sure the sound of his voice saying, uh, you know, peace be unto you. I am so sure that those words probably brought comfort to their souls like medicine. Well, what about Thomas? Thomas wasn't there. Okay. at this point mm-hmm. and when they told Thomas we have seen the Lord mm-hmm. we have seen Jesus mm-hmm. Thomas said I won't believe, I believe mm-hmm. until I put my hand in his side and so you know everybody talks about I don't get it it's just, and so everybody talks about doubting Thomas that, well, they, well what did I think Peter was you know a little doubtful all of them were doubtful when, when the two women came and they said it sounded like they were just speaking idle tales when they came running to the disciples and told them his tomb is empty and we don't know where they, they are thinking these are idle tales, meaning that they are lying and this is just a bunch of nonsense. So they were just as bad as doubting Thomas. So all of them doubted. And then we see here um, in verse, what is it? Um, when John, when, 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 um, uh, oh, in verse number eight, we see that even John himself didn't believe it until he stopped looking into the tomb and went into the tomb and seen and examined these clothes. Then he believed. So they put a lot of a lot of emphasis on Thomas, saying Thomas was doubting, but all of them doubted. But one thing I like about this also is that Jesus showed up and showed himself to his, his disciples. Mm-hmm. So, because yes, he he, he was. Risen from the gra- from the grave, yeah. But where was he at? So he comes after he ascended to the Father. Mm-hmm. Remember, he told one sister, well, well, "Touch he told me not." Mary, he yes. was in the garden, and she said, "Rabboni," when she heard his voice. Yes. Now, seeing him, they said she thought he was the gardener. But when she heard that distinct voice, she said, "Rabboni," and don't touch me because I have not. Yet. Yet ascended Same. unto my father. So do you see all of this work mm-hmm. that he still had to do yes. before he could go up to his father into the holy of holies? Apply and, the blood. And and take that blood and present it and for an atonement and, and present it as the New Testament in my blood. Okay, and then he can come back to his disciples and show himself to them. Mm-hmm. And say, touch me, handle me. A spirit That's not how we know he had like been to I his have. father. Then yes. we know because now he's saying, touch me. Handle me. And handle me. 
And matter of fact, give me a piece of fish. Yes. I'll have a piece of that broiled fish you got over there. And, and, and then I like what he, he heard what Thomas said. He said, Thomas, believe now that you have touched me. Believe now that you have put your hand in my side. Yeah. And what did Thomas say? My Lord and my God. Yes. And so, you know, and they, but I'm just saying, Thomas was the same. But Thomas spoke it and it made sense. I have to see it. You know, some things you have to see. I am like that about the scriptures. You can tell me something, but if I don't know it to be true, I want to see it before I start speaking it and quoting it. You need tangible proof. Yeah. I need, I can't repeat it unless I know it's true. So Thomas, you know, I'm I'm not down on him like that. I'm not going to say that. You know, he was just the stubborn, you know, carnal one. But uh, he spoke up, and he said what all of them were thinking before. So, all right, so verse number 20, which is the last verse of the lesson. We got through this quick, didn't we? So verse number 20 says, And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Yes. And this is for his church. Okay. This is for the church that Jesus shed his blood for. It's in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 15. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Verse 58? Yeah, verse 20. 20, okay. Oh, okay. It says this. This is what Paul is talking to the Corinthians church. He said, but now is Christ risen from the dead mm-hmm. and become the first fruit of them that sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christ is the first one to get up and everybody else that's was sleeping in the faith the Old Testament saints they're going to get up too but this is the first resurrection of the dead so that's why he's the first fruit of them that slept okay for since by man came death by man came also the resurrection of the dead you know Adam disobedience Mm -hmm. brought death Christ's obedience brought what resurrection from the dead Yes. For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ should all be made alive. But check this out. But everyone in his own order, which means we got the resurrection of the just and the resurrection of the unjust. So let's go. Let's go here. He had to rise. Now this is where all the a lot of controversy continues to come into play when Paul starts preaching to the Corinthians in First Corinthians chapter number. 15 again, but we're going to back up to verse number 12. 1 Corinthians 15 and 12 says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Who is he speaking of? The um, um, the, the Pharisee or the scribes? Both of them. Pharisees, Sadducees, the Judas. Sadducees, yes. Because they didn't believe in the resurrection. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ is not risen, then there then is our preaching in vain, and our faith is also in vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses. We're liars of God because we have testified of God that raised up Christ. Whom he raised not up, if there be if there be no resurrection of the dead, or if the dead be not raised. So Paul makes his argument because it's still a controversy, 
at some point the dead don't rise up so paul begins to say well well then we're liars and there is no resurrection of the dead and uh you know god didn't raise him up out of the grave and verse 16 says for if the dead be not raised then christ is not raised and christ is not if if christ is not raised your faith is in vain ye are yet in your sins oh now it's becoming a problem now you're still in your sins then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ, they just perished. And if this life only, if in this life only, this is our favorite scripture, everybody hears this one. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we have all men most miserable. Of course, because he said he was coming back and now we have had walked with him. We've seen him perform miracles and now he's gone forever. And everybody that died, they just perished. They're nowhere. There's no resurrection. And we're in our sins. This is a bad day. But Paul did go ahead and make that clear as you go into the further verses. So that is a good lesson. There's a lot in that. There's a lot in that. Hey, Regina, God bless you. Christy, so good to see you. Used to be my sweetheart there when she was a little girl at church. Um... But anyway, uh, Elder Simpson, this is a good re- uh, lesson. We have a hope in this resurrection. And I want you to take something away from this. He said that Joseph of Arimathea was a wealthy man. He was on the Sanhedrin. He was a righteous man. He gave Jesus his borrowed tomb. And then the Bible tells us he did not consent to what they were doing to Jesus. He voted against the crucifixion. And so with all of that being said, he was one that stood up throughout the whole time. All right, so that's our lesson today. Thank you for joining us. We have another lesson coming up next week. I want you to remember also that on Monday, we are going to continue the teaching in the book of the Revelation. We are kind of tying some things down. Uh, After having completed verse number 16, we had to go back and talk about the three frogs um, that those unclean spirits now we're going into Armageddon, but then there's got to be the horror of Babylon, the fall of Babylon. And to do that, we have to explain what Babylon's history was about, why is it such an idolatrous issue, and why there is going to be such, uh, why there's such attention given to this whore of Babylon, what that means, and why it is referred to as a whore, and then also the destruction. And believe me, the angels are ministering to John directly. They are showing, come and go with me. All kinds of things are going on. So join us on Monday at five o'clock and then also come back and join Elder Simpson and myself next Wednesday for the Sunday school lesson. All right. Yes. So going to pray us out. Yes. Now unto him that is able to keep, keep you from, from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power. And power. Now Both now and, ever. and forever. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, everybody. Enjoy Resurrection Day.